Come and share the word of God with us, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. How's everybody? Y'all good? All right, all right. Praise the Lord. Those of you that are watching, don't adjust your TV thinking he's a brown man. Yeah. But um, I, uh, I'm very grateful, Pastor. Thank you so much for the invitation. Both pastors, I really appreciate. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I consider it an honor to be able to share the word of God with you. Uh, with me today is my wife, and uh, she usually doesn't come with me sometimes because she stays home to preach. But she felt really compelled to come with me today, especially we're building a new, amen, because we want to get to know you. We want, y'all, y'all, is this is Escondido, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, I'm just, can, can I just give you an orange, a Santa Ana greeting? I'm from Santa Ana. Can I just give you a Santa Ana greeting? All right. All right, praise the Lord, we did that. This is my wife. We've been married for, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We've been married 45 years. Come on, baby. Come on. I want you to greet the people. Come and greet the people. Watch your step. Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank God for his grace, his mercy, his compassion, his love, his forgiveness. Because it's only by his grace 45 years and we're believing for many more until Jesus comes. We used to say until the hubcaps fall, but now we say until Jesus comes. But I want to give God a shout out because if it wasn't for him, God delivered him and saved him. He saved me. He saved us together and then he took a little slide back. And you know, when we slide back, the enemy is planning for you to slide even more back. But in a nutshell... God delivered him, and through prayer, through supplication, through the word of God, through fasting, travailing, God delivered him through three drug dealers heavily. And, and no, and, and this is to give God the glory, because the devil had, God had a plan for the beginning, the devil came in, but how many know that God's plan shall succeed? The devil's plot has nothing on God's plan. And... He was getting ready, and this is to give God the glory. If you know me, I wouldn't be saying this for anything else. But he was getting ready to go to some higher things and fly to Florida and do things. And so much was, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was horrible. But God, we serve a God of turnaround. And he's turned it around in these years. And I'll say to you, he's gone to Florida, but he's gone with the word of God. Come on, the powerful weapon, the sword of the spirit instead of the guns. And God just has done some amazing things. He's worthy of it all. So I want to encourage you, stand and believe. God told me, love him, support him, and encourage him. Three things. And those were the hardest things to do. To walk in love and to support when you're out there on a drug run and things like that. But it's not about that. It's about listening and obeying the voice of God. Because God promised me he was going to save him, deliver him, and he had a plan for him. And God came through. 
I just want to tell you, God came through. He's a God of turnaround. He reversed the curse. And now we are flowing and moving forward in the things that God has for us. Because what the devil didn't want to do, God is doing. And to God be the glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Amen. As we could say this in the hood, that's, that's my baby mama. That's my baby mama. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want to make sure we know what time, because I'm supposed to. We can only preach here till four. So, no, I'm going to tell you what Elizabeth Taylor said to her husbands. I won't be keeping you very long. So, but praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord God, that you're about to do something in somebody's life. Father, you're the God of the breakthrough. You're the God, Father, that can do and change and make a way where there seems to be no way. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. And as your servant, I step back to allow your spirit to come forward and to move. Holy Spirit of God, touch lives in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you're really looking at an OG. Yes, I am an actual OG. And, uh, you know, so I had the little youngsters, the little gangsters, you know, they see me. And when they see me, they don't tell me, you know, homes or they just go, hey, OG. I'm like, who told you I was an OG? <laughs> but, you know, when you start living your life, you know, with no direction, you end up becoming a mess. And I'm very grateful that God has blessed this mess. Amen. I went from disaster to pastor. Come on, somebody. And so, you know, God is doing some great things. And, uh, you know, I was a, I've been, we've been pastoring for 32 years. And I've been married for 45 years. We got two daughters. And uh, uh, one of them was coming with her, but she got this sore throat and she cough and everything else is so you know it's, it's not the cootie you know everybody they got the cootie no not the cootie uh, or covid whatever but none of that but anyway because god is still in the house regardless amen the devil's the devil but god is god amen and so when i was a jail and prison evangelist that's how we started i was a prison preaching in the prison when God called me to go into there, I didn't want to go because, you know, you come from that lifestyle and you don't want to go to that. But one day we started a church with our pastor and uh, and he tells us, he says, you know, the anointing is not on me for this. What? He says, the anointing is on both of you. You need to take this ministry as far as you can get it. So as he's getting, he ordaining us and going to turn the church over to us, we did from anyone in the right mind. We said, no, <laughs> we didn't want a pastor, didn't want, didn't know. So the first thing I did was I enrolled in Bible school. I went to Bible college and thought, okay, I need a, but you know, I want you to know something. Now I say this respectfully because I believe in education, but you can have more degrees than a thermometer. And it don't mean anything if you don't have an anointing in your life. Because an anointing is powerful. You know, the worship team, you know, y'all prepared the ground. And I think it's amazing. See, there, there's something good is okay, you know, but I don't look for good. I look for an anointing. 
Because an anointing can do something. When the praise team or there's an anointing in the house, people can get healed without saying anybody or laying hands on anybody because the anointing's there. I'll give you an example. Michael Jackson was a great singer, but he wasn't anointed. No, there was no anointing on that. It was good, but there was an anointing. And so, but there's an anointing here. I said, people were feeling it. I turned to Terry, Pastor Terry, and I just said, I'm ready to just pick up an offering and go home. <laughs> I mean, because it's like that, you know. But anyway, I'm so grateful to the Lord for all that he's done. And, uh, you know, we have uh, seen God do some great things in our life. And, you know, God called somebody like me. And I don't know why. I, I really don't. And, uh, but I'm glad he did because everything in my life was a mess. Everything in my life. And the thing about my life was I ended up doing some things in life that, see, I, I come from a background where, you know, uh, uh, you know, we have, <laughs> you know, you can't always pick your family. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you wish because you want to get rid of some. But, you know, I come from a, a side, my, you know, my mom's brothers, they, they were all on dope. You know, one of them gave me heroin when I was real young to try it because he wanted to make me a man. I didn't know it was going to make me a dumb man. But anyway, and so I, we ended up doing, you know, you go through all that stuff. I have two brothers. You know, we come from a life of gangs and, you know, incarcerated. One of my brothers was the first juvenile tried in California as an adult, and he did 37 years. And uh, he did picked up a murder out here and two more in there. And, uh, you know, so that, that's a life. My other brother, younger brother, he's, he's been a habitual criminal all his life. And, you know, but God is doing some stuff. God is doing some stuff. My brother ended up wanting to make some changes in his life. And I told him, you're not going to do it. You're going to stay there until you let Jesus do some stuff in your life. And while I just want you to know my brother is now home he bought a house somewhere out here in San Jacinto. It's only him and coyotes and casinos, I think that's all. But anyway, they, you know, he's doing well. My other brother is doing well. So I'm very grateful that I see God moving and doing some great things. But when I started to look at things in my life, there's a scripture in Corinthians. You're all familiar with it. says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, see, now, understand, it's not that anyone goes to church. It says anyone that's in Christ. So you, you have to understand, just because you're somewhere doesn't make you a part of, just because you go to McDonald's don't make you a Big Mac. You, you have, come on, you know what I'm saying? Well, just because you go to church doesn't mean you're in Christ. And so we have to get in there. So it said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... It says, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I know that God is doing some great things in your life. He's doing great things in my life. But because my desires have changed, the things that I thought I would do or keep wanting to do, I'm not there. I'm not comfortable with the lifestyle I live. It, it bothers me to be able, you know, the crazy thing is I, I haven't drank alcohol in 40 years i haven't you know shot dope in 40 years i haven't 
you know, all that, none of that stuff. But I still know how. Why? Because there's a residue. There's a residue. And that residue, come on, can only be changed when all of a sudden you come and put yourself in Christ. Because what happens is that it changes your, I'm going to say this word only because I, I like saying it. It changes your deoxyribonucleic acid. It's just your DNA. That's all it is. But it just sounds like, uh, but, and it changes. And the blood of Jesus, come on, it comes in and it changes things. See, I've never been arrested. I've never done drugs. I've never sinned according to God. According to Santa Ana PD. <laughs> according to the parole department, you know. Now, but I'm in Christ. And because you're in Christ, but see, if, if you're going to get in something, you have to get out. And you have to get out of something to be able to get back into something. In Galatians 2.20, I know you're familiar. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but, oh, come on. But Christ lives in me. I, I'm telling you, he's in here. Aside by the burritos and the tacos, he's in here. He's in here. And, you know, God is doing some great things. But he said, and the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith. By faith. See, faith is what's going to be able to get. Faith is not hoping. Faith is believing it's done. There's a difference. And so when faith starts to come in, it changes things. You do things because you're in faith. And so sometimes people don't understand that, but it's because you're in Christ. You're in Christ. See, I, I live differently, and I had to get away from the things. Let me put it this way. Whatever you keep in front of you will eventually get in you. I kept my homeboys, and I kept dope, and I kept all those things in front of me, and eventually it got in me. And it wasn't until he changed my Go ahead and say it. Deoxyribonucleic. <laughs> but when God came into my life and it changed some things. See, they, there's this uh, Ancestry.com and all these things that they have. And people tell me, well, you should do that to find. I, I can't do that. Why not? I said, because I have a background. I have a, I have a past. And they say, well, oh, no. I don't need them to say, oh, by the way, uh, this came up. And it alerted our police department that you left some DNA behind over. I, I know. So just to let you all know, I'm Chinese. I don't care. I don't care. But what I'm saying is that there's things that, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to find out anything. Else. It's My past is past. See, they don't. God released my past. The police don't. So you know what I'm saying? So I know I'm not the only one. I got a few partners in here. Amen. But the great thing is God has done some tremendous things, not only in my life, but I know in your life. God is doing some great things. But there's more. 
There's more that God wants to do. And so, you know, we live differently. But see, in Isaiah, I read the scripture through the New Living. It says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Forget all that. I didn't know that God could change some. I was SOS for years. SOS me stuck on stupid. And so I was SOS for a long time. And God changed some things in my life that I didn't know I was going to be able. I didn't know that God had a plan and a purpose. But he said, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, God is creating some new things, not only for me, but also for you. And he's making a way where there seems to be no way. It may look impossible, but that's where he does his best work in making your impossibilities possible. That's what he does. So when he changed things for us, I'm telling you, we had to allow him to renew some things and change things in my life. I didn't know that the plan and the purpose that he had was going to do some stuff. And when God started to give me things, I had to learn how to personalize the word of God because I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And so when God started to do some great things, I had to realize that I was not the same. It was hard for me. When I, when I ended up getting saved, I got saved wearing khakis up to here. A panel tent button all the way to the top. That's how I got saved. And then I ended up getting delivered. And, and so what I did, Terry, is I went and I went to go buy a suit. At CNR Clothiers. You remember CNR Clothiers? I'm aging myself. But I didn't really buy it. I put it on layaway. Remember the layaways they used to do? So like every Friday I go visit it. <laughs> and then I go out there, hey, I got five on it. You know, hey, go back the next week. Hey, I got five on it. <laughs> By the time I got it out, it was out of style. But, but, I, I, but I thought I was cool. You know what I'm saying? But see, I, I started to read some in Ezekiel. And this is what it says. Let me read it to you. It's Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And it says, And I will give, <clears throat> I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them. And I will take away a stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Now, let me tell you how I read this now. Is that, can I just, this is my secret. Don't tell nobody. Okay, tell somebody. But watch how I read it now. It says, and I will give Orlando one heart. And I will put a new spirit within Orlando, and I will take that stony heart out of Orlando's flesh and give Orlando a heart of flesh, that Orlando may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them, and Orlando shall be my people, and I will be Orlando's God. I had to change some things because I needed to, because I was reading things. See, I struggled in education and things. I have, I still have Bad comprehension. I have to do things twice 
but that's okay. You know, I, I don't mind. I'm used to it, but I just want to get it right. Right? So it, it's, see, it's how you see it. And we got to remember some things. You got to remember this is remember who you are and remember whose you are. And see, when you start to remember those things, things start to change for your life. I, I grew up, you know, of course, you know, living a lifestyle where you think, you, you know, you don't owe nobody any explanation. You don't ever tell nobody you're sorry because that's a sign of weakness. Don't tell nobody you're sorry. And, you know, and, you know, you, you live your life thinking, trying to live your life. I was, I was protecting a neighborhood that didn't belong to us. I was protecting a street that, <laughs> that belonged to the city. And I thought it was our street. I thought it was. Our, and so we ended up getting. So we ended up, you know, getting involved in, in all this gang violence and all this stuff. And the crazy thing is we ended up. I ended up getting arrested as a teenager. And, you know, we, we ended up doing uh, some crazy stuff. But we, there was a, a shooting. And, and uh, see, now you know why I don't get my Ancestry.com, right? But. And, and we got arrested, right? And we were doing, it was shooting at a carnival. And we ended up shooting some innocent, you know, and things. But it, it, because the lifestyle you live, you don't, you know, you don't care. You're, ah, and thank God we, we didn't, nobody died. But we, we ended up sh shooting people that we were trying to. And so we got arrested and all this stuff. And, and then I started to realize that when, I got arrested and was incarcerated. The things didn't change. I actually started to learn more tricks, evil tricks in there. I could make a weapon out of anything. I could make a weapon out of a plastic, a, a styrofoam cup. A styrofoam cup. They would get weapons and they would make it. You get a styrofoam cup and you burn it and you try to roll it and you may, and then you sharpen it and then what you do is when people are walking by that you're trying to get a, get at and you can't because you're incarcerated you're in your cell you end up taking the elastic from your boxers and you tie it to one side and the other and you pull it back and when they walk by you spear them wow. and so what you do is you get that tip and you get a a, a newspaper and you know when newspaper gets wet and it dries it gets real hard well you start to put that little spear in there so that way now you actually have a little spear and so you, I know you're thinking man this guy's educated no that's the wrong one that's the wrong I, I'm just telling you the things that you learn there's a whole different lifestyle and then you realize that you can't do what you want to do you actually have to ask for permission because there's, everybody has their own ethnic groups. And you can't do what you want to do. You have to ask for permission. Because if you're trying to come up with somebody, for example, so I'm just showing you where, what's out there. And so we can better understand some of the people when they come out from these things. Because nobody understands them. People don't realize or don't understand. I have a brother that I told you did a lot of time. He still has that little mentality of things because he lives his lifestyle like that he, he his whole thing is he's cool being in in a in his room i told him bro you got a five-bedroom house man 
Yeah, no, but I'm cool, man. I'm over here. And, but see, when you're incarcerated and you're doing years and years and you're old, and because of his lifestyle, he was always in the shoe or the secure housing or the hole. He was always in. So he knew how to, you have to understand, you can go crazy in there unless you do this. I told him one day, I said, hey, bro, how many block, blocks, concrete blocks, you know, cement blocks are in, in, in the prison cell? He goes, which one? I go, what do you mean? He goes, which, which one? Which one what? He says, well, which prison are you talking about? Is it Quinton? Because I could tell you how many in Quinton. But Quinton and Folsom have different because they're different designs. So there's more in the one. You know, he remembers because he had to. What I'm getting at is that sometimes the things that you keep in front of you eventually get in you. And so what we have to learn is we have to know how to get rid of some stuff so that we don't keep the same stuff in us. And when you change the things, come on, the things that are always in you, it's always great to be able to get around the people. Get around people that are going somewhere. You know, you have to start finding some people that are going somewhere. I lived my life going nowhere. And now I find myself being in God and God starts to bring relationships and he starts to bring friendships with me that I admire. And these are people that people tell me, bro, you're friends with this one. They're on TV. Yeah, I know, but they're my friends. And I'm not going to mention no names, but I'm just saying you, you it's, it's a God thing. See, I believe that the reason I met my friend from South Africa, because it was a God thing. Come on, it was a God thing. And I know he's probably thinking, oh, Pastor Orlando has an accent. I think he does too. <laughs> but see, it's a God thing. And God is connected for a reason. I don't know what it is, but I'm glad it is. It is what it is. So we have to learn how to forget all that is nothing compared to what God's about to do. All that other stuff. Because see, in Jeremiah, the message says it this way. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you a future you hope for. See, I was hoping just to get sober. That's all I wanted to. I, I remember when my wife took me to church. You know how sometimes you go to church. Just because, some people go to church just so that way to keep the wife quiet. You know, I'm just going, like, yeah, I'll go with you. She, she's on my, but little did I know that God spoke to her that he was going to reveal a plan. So I remember going to a church and it was kind of like this. It was a hallelujah church. <laughs> you know, people tongue talking, spirit filled, chandelier swinging, you know, all that, all that stuff. And we went to a church, and I remember telling her, I know about this church. I said, they, they, they talk funny, and, and they start crying and stuff. I said, so I'm just letting you know. And that pastor preached a message. And when he started to preach a message, I'm listening. And toward the end, he makes an altar call. And he said, there's somebody here that you've been struggling with drugs. He goes, you actually getting ready to do some things. But God brought you here for, and I turned around and I looked at her like, 
You told him? I don't even know that dude. And so there was an altar call. And I really felt God want, because I was tired. I really was. I was tired. And when he made the altar call, there was only one person crying. Yeah. It was me. But I remember when I left there, I felt like Superman. I felt like everything was come off. I, I think I even wanted to buy her a hamburger. I, I, I'm not sure. But anyway, I, you know, that's how, you know. So, of course, I had to ask her if she had any money because I didn't have any. <laughs> but, but see, I, I didn't, you know, when I first got saved, let me, can I be truthful with you here? I, when I first got saved, I struggled. I, I walked with God on Sunday, but I ran with the devil on Monday. You know, it was hard for me to stop using dope. It was hard for me. And I thought that, you know what? You know, God will forgive me. And then I started to realize, you know what? God's got, if God's got more and better, you know. And I, I remember sitting in a cell. And I'm sitting in a cell and I looked around and I remember saying this. I'm better than this. I'm better than this. I don't need to let, let my brothers live this lifestyle all their life. I am not doing this. I'm better than this. And I got my life right. And I remember she used to pray, God, bring people around him that will help him. And then she would say, let him get saved the right way. The right way, because I guess I did it the wrong way. You know, when you still think that you can run with the devil on Monday, right? And so, but you know, I didn't want to be using dope. I really didn't. I didn't want to be that guy that was easy to hate. I, I didn't want to be that guy that they said would never amount to anything. I didn't want to continue living in the mess that I was creating. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. But I didn't know that the enemy had a hold on me. I didn't know that. I thought it was just... but. When Jesus came into my life and delivered me and set me free, it changed some things. I didn't know the plan that he had for my life because I had failed at everything. And maybe you're here and thinking, you know what, I could relate. Or maybe you're watching and you're saying, yeah, I could relate. Sure, because I know I'm not the only one that this has happened to. But when you know there is a God, there is a God that can change your life and take you out of a miry clay and out of a horrible pit and set you in a path or in a direction that God is looking to do something. Because when God, see, you're never going to change your condition until you know your position. See, you have to know the position you're in and be willing to change the condition you're in. Because once you change the condition you're in, now you're going to change the position you're in. See, I know some of you, well, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for a promotion at work. Well, if you're the one that's always late to work, eh, baby, you ain't getting it. 
You, you know what I'm saying? You have to learn how to change the things in your life. My, you know, we have, you know, as you know, we have a church. And there's people that have, would talk to us and come and tell us, Pastor, the devil's a liar. Yes, he is. So is his mother-in-law. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. And, uh, but anyway, he says, man, I got laid off. I said, you did? How come, man? Are they short? Or... No, nah, man, they just the devil. I go, the devil laid you off? Yeah, pastor, the devil, man. He goes, he's just mad at me because I'm being used by God. I go, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, they've laid me out because, you know, I'm telling everybody about Jesus, you know, and I'm, I'm preaching the word and stuff. I said, brother, can I tell you something? He said, yeah. I said, does that company pay you? Yeah, paid me pretty good, too. But see, they're not paying you to preach. They're paying you to work. What you do at your lunchtime or your break is your business. But during that time, they're not paying you to preach. They're paying you to work. So you need to just work. In, oh, well, there's a lot of people that are lost. Oh, I know. Just, just go to the store. And you'll see more. I said, because they're all, all over. But you have to understand the conditions of where you are. There's certain things that you have to know to be able to change because you're never going to be able to change this stuff. I, I didn't know that when he came into my life, a lot of things were going to change. And so now that things are changing, I, I have to, if I want to go, high, see, the higher the level, the bigger the devil. So the higher you want to go in God, the more you want to do for God, you're going to get opposition. But the devil is not as big as you. He's not. Giants are not bigger than you. Come on. If you have a giant and say, well, I have a giant. You know why? Because God sees a David in you. And when he sees a David in you, he's going to know you're not afraid of no giant. And then so you're going to pick up your smooth stones and, you know, and you're going to pick it up. Goliath had four brothers. So he picked up five stones. He said, one for you and let your cousins come. <laughs> See, the whole thing is when you're in God, when you know who you are in God, everybody needs to know. And I don't mean maybe the whole world, but I mean the enemy's going to know. I believe that when you wake up in the morning, the devil's yelling, oh, no, they're awake. See, you, instead of you saying, oh, Lord, thank you for another day, I'm alive. You, no, you know, I, I, I'm like you. I, I'm not afraid to go to heaven. Matter of fact, that's my goal. But just not yet. Not yet. But all I'm going to do is change addresses. That's all that's going to But I have to occupy until I get there. And what I got to do is I got to continue in the plan that God has for us to be able to let people know. You know, sometimes I don't really share testimony about my life much. And the reason is because I don't want to give the devil no. But I'm trying to help somebody so that way they can understand or know that, you know what, God can do that. Because I know there's people that are worse off than me. And I say, man, if God can change them. But, you know, to me, the testimony is when I hear people say, well, I don't, I've never smoked in my life. What? I never drank in my life. Really? 
Yeah, I'm, oh, to me, I'm like, man, that's a testimony. I wish I could say that. And the reason is because you know that God had a plan from the get-go. And see, I didn't go to church. I, I didn't go to church growing up. I didn't, I didn't have to go to church. And you know, most you, your parents, I went to catechism. Remember what catechism? through? And I went to catechism, and they kicked me out because they caught me stealing. And so... You know, they, people would light candles, and they would put a dollar and stuff in there. Well, I thought that was ice cream truck money. <laughs> so I'm taking stuff, and, of course, they, they told me I could. I didn't care because I just wanted to play Little League anyway. And, you know, so, but I, I didn't know that there was some things that God was trying to get into my life. Because I didn't know God. I didn't know about God. And even though it may have been a little different, God was trying to reveal himself to me. And I didn't let that happen until I, later on. And so I struggled quite a bit. And in life, in your lives, when you feel and you see the struggles in your life, I want you to know that there is a God that's right there on the other side. There's a God that's ready to take you where you've never been so that you can see what you've never seen, so that you can do what you've never done, so that you can possess what you've never owned. I believe there's a God that can do that, and he's ready to do that because when he can take this little homeboy from Santa Ana, California, growing up the way he did, and do something with him. I've been a lot of places, and, but it's always been because of the gospel's sake. It's always been for the gospel. I've been able to go places. I, I've, I've been in Colombia and got pulled out by the military at gunpoint. And I thought, oh, Lord Jesus. And I was with my pastor. And, you know, he's, he's tall, white, white hair. And I looked at him and he just goes, oh, my. I said, oh, my, nothing. We're going to prison. <laughs> I don't want to be in prison over here. And the translator, he goes like this. Oh, brother, don't worry. It's just a shakedown. It's supposed to be a shakedown, right? <laughs> but it's a shakedown, right? And he said, oh, brother, it's just a shakedown. I'm like, I don't want to hear shakedown, brother. I don't want to hear, I'm not here for no shakedown. And they put, and they asked us for our passports, of course. And, you know, they just, and they asked us if we had any money. You know, we didn't have no money. One of the pastors that was with us, that was driving us around, he pulled out a little bit of something, gave them something. And they just said, they're Amer Americans here, and they're helping our country. They're preaching the gospel to set our people free. And they just pointed the rifle and went, yeah. So they let us go. To some people, they'd be like, wow. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. But I, I've, I've, you know, I went to preaching Costa Rica, and they asked me, Pastor, you were a prison evangelist. Would you want to preach in one of the prisons here in Costa Rica? I said, no. <laughs> he says, come on. I said, let's do this. Let's do this. He says, now, just you got to sign a waiver. I said, what? Yeah, you got to sign a waiver that if there's a hostage situation, they're not going to negotiate for you. I said, you know, now, let me just tell you, brother. I said, he said, well, I said, I know how to live that life. I said, so if I'm going to go, 
you know, I know what you, come on, I know what you look for. You know, when they're coming, I know what you look for. I know what, you know, don't be sneaking up on me like that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I get there, and they tell me, you got to go. It's in the back. The chapel's in the back. It's a, a, a room by, the, by where uh, they have a, where people eat food and stuff. I go, by the chow hall? Well, it's not really a chow hall, but yeah. Go, okay. So I'm walking across the yard. Well, people walk around the yard. You don't walk across the yard. You walk around it. And so I'm walking through because I'm walking with the pastor and a guard. And we're walking through. And as I'm walking, I see a guy running. And I kind of caught him. He's all tatted down, all tattooed down. And he's coming around. And I, I, I spotted him. And he goes, exactly. He goes, hey, homeboy. I said, what's up, homie? And he goes, hey, man. He said, what are you doing here? I said, what are you doing here? He goes, you from Santa Ana? I said, brother, hi. He goes, ah, oh, man, all you guys from Santa Ana got that walk. I said, what? I said, man, we're in Costa Rica. You didn't even know us in California. He goes, yeah, I did when I saw you, man. He goes, Californians have a whole different, the gang members, they have a whole different, you know, stigma to them. I go, really? He says, yeah. He goes, but you from Santa Ana? I go, I am from Santa Ana. I go, what are you doing here? He said, man, I just did 30 years in Quentin. I said, what are you doing here? He goes, I came to visit my daughter, and I thought I would bring something across, and I got caught. I said, brother. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, they gave me life. No. I said, bro, life. He goes, hey, man, this, this, he goes like this. This pinta ain't no joke. A pinta is a prison. He goes, this pinta ain't no joke. I said, you just came from Quilmas, man. I said, that's no joke either. He goes, yeah, but over here. He says, they don't, they, don't, they don't give you stuff. He says, the only clothes, you don't get a uniform. The only clothes you have is what your family brings you. And if you don't got your family, you're wearing the clothes you got arrested in. I said, really? He goes, yeah. And the other thing is, you don't have, they don't give you meat. So if you want any meat, your family has to bring it to you. I go, really? He said, yeah. He goes, guys, are, he says, homies are getting stuck over here for their clothes or meat. They're not getting stuck for drugs and gangs. They're getting stuck for meat and clothes. I, right there, I didn't say anything. I'm just like, man, that's too bad, man. So, But I really wanted to go out there. Oh, hey, get me out of here. Because it's a whole different place. But I'm, I ended up going back there, and I started to share with them. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God moved. I felt the presence of God. And I just said, I felt it before. I know what it's like. And I turned around and I just looked and I said, hey, brother. I told him, my translators, because their Spanish is a little different. And I told him, I said, God's going to do something in your life. I said, you're getting ready to hear from, from the government on your life. I said, God's going to open a door for you. And he just started to weep. And. He says, to tell me, he says, tell him, and he's saying this, dile, dile que ayer me dijeron que voy a salir el miércoles. And what he said was, tell him that I heard from the government and they told me I'm leaving Wednesday. 
And just because of that, the others were all of a sudden started to hear, and they were open. And when I made an altar call, they all came up, every single one, and it was full. And then they ended up going out to the yard and telling the others about the gospel. When I left, came back, the director of the ministry I was with, he says, hey, Dr. O, I want you to know something. He said, Felipe came back. When he went back to the prison, he goes, man, they're having revival in that prison. I said, thank you, Jesus. But you see, people get tired. Even though they live that life, there's some that are tired. And I believe that you and I are in this place. You know, there's a psalm that says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. And that my soul knows very well. You see, when God starts to do something in somebody's life, in your life, in my life, we may not fully understand, but what we got to do is let him do what he's going to do. There's something that I, I heard and I saw. And in, in my travels, when I, not everything works out my way. Where I'm thinking, you know, you know, I'm not one of those that think, wow, you know, they're just going to honor me. And they're going to, yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't do that. I'll, I'll, I carry stuff. I'll help. When I would travel with my pastor, I'd take my pastor. Hey, let me get your stuff. And so they would tell my pastor, you know, this, this guy, he's, he's, he's your armor bearer. And he just goes, no, he's the other guest. But we were, you know, because I, I know this, that I'm nothing without God. I, I know that. It's all because of God. I'm not nobody. You know, I'll still be the same homeboy, you know, from Santa Ana, California. But God has done some great things. And I, I, I know, but I also know that it's because of God, not because of me. It's because of God. And I know that maybe there's somebody here. That knows that God has a better. Maybe you're okay. Maybe you just drop the ball. Maybe you just drop the ball. You know, when I read that scripture, that one when Moses had his burning bush experience. And I read it and he says to him, I'm going to take you before Pharaoh. When he says, I am that I am. And I looked at that, and I said, God, I need you to use me. But I was reading this scripture, Pastor, and God revealed something to me. It's just my translation. And when it says, I am that I am, I changed it. And not to change the word of God, but I just moved the comma where I thought it would best fit. And where it says, I am that. I am. Instead of I am that I am. I change it to I am that. I am. God, I need a breakthrough. I am that. I am. God, I need a miracle. I am that. I am. God, I need a healing. I need I am that. I am. Whatever 
it is that you're believing him for, he's that. He's that. He's that. And I know that God's ready to do some things. See, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. You need to know him. But not only just that, but you need to live your life in him. Not just, well, I, I go by that church. I go there every so often. No. We become a part. Why? Because he, there's an anointing here in this house. I, I know. I felt it. We felt it when we walked in. And But I, I teach a lot on ministry of helps and armor bearer. I teach people how to serve in the church and how to take care of their leaders. Because when you do that, God starts to bless. But what caught our attention was in the parking lot. People greeted us in the parking lot. There's my sister, what was her name? The one that greeted us in the parking lot. What was her name? Right there. She, she told us, do, do, you, do you believe in clan happy praise? Because, and I said, you mean the Holy Ghost is here? She said, yes, he is. <laughs> See, it starts there. It starts in the parking lot because people will come and they'll check the park. And when somebody is there to greet them, it just does something. It did something to me. I'm going to tell you what it did. And she'll confirm it. I feel like Elizabeth and Mary. But it made my baby jump. You know, you, you come on, you know what I'm saying. It made your baby jump. And that anointing I felt, it made my baby jump. And then we got here, and there's a brother back there greeted us. And I was like, all right. And they greeted us when we were coming in. See, they wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have that because they believe in, they're in. They're in. And that's the whole key is being able to be a part being in and getting in Christ. And in order to be able to do that, we have to get rid of something. Your worst enemy and my worst enemy is the one that's in a me. You can relate. My worst enemy is the one that's in a me. And you have to understand that as well. Your worst enemy is the one that's in a you. But when you allow God to do some great things in your life, it'll happen. Won't you let him do something for your life, in your life? Maybe you said, I'm trying. Well, maybe you just need a little push. And it's here. Because I'll tell you, your pastors are willing to push you as much as you let them. I'm going to say something that I want you to understand. I pastor Household of Faith Family Church in Orange, California. But I'm not everyone's pastor that comes to church because they don't allow me to be their pastor. It's hard to pastor someone that doesn't want to be pastored. In order for you to be able to receive the anointing to receive from your pastor, you have to receive them as the gifts that are in the house. When you receive them as the gifts, now you're able to utilize the gifts. When 
it was Christmas, and we were little, and my brother had a present, my other brother, and we, we only got one. And I would get mine and go like this. Oh. And I would go like that. <laughs> and move theirs because I didn't care about their gift. I just wanted mine. The sad thing is we already knew all what we all got. You know, and it was usually something to wear because we didn't get school clothes new except at Christmas. And so we, but the great thing was, was I, I, I couldn't wait to open my gift. You, you got gifts here Amen. that you need to open. But you're not going to be able to open them until you become a part and get in. And once you accept Jesus Christ, it's just the first step. To accept him as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, you need to know him. And you need to know him today before you leave. I want to ask you to stand with me. Before I turn it over to pastors, I just want to invite you. And I want to ask you, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you need to know him. Or maybe you're saying, I already know him, Pastor, but I've fallen short. And I need to get back in from where I fell out. And if that's you, then you need to come. And you need to come and to be able to just let him do what he wants to do in your life. If that's you, I, I, I want to ask you to come. And I want you to, if, if you already saying, well, I, I'm good. I, I know it. I, I know you are. But you could be better. And God's got a whole different plan for your life. I want to ask you to say this, repeat this with me. Say, Father, I come in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Today, I believe your word. And I confess with my mouth that today I'm saved. I need you. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's something else I'm going to, I'm not, we're not going to make an altar call for this because I, I don't want it to seem, it can be a little embarrassing almost, but it's not intended to be. But somewhere on down the line, before you leave, you get yourself, make that commitment to get in this. And let them know, I receive you as my gift. I don't have any sons, but I have a lot of spiritual sons. And I have a brother. He's African-American. He's about, how tall is Tim? Six ginormous. Big guy. He used to play football for a Green Bay Packers. And he goes to our church, and he calls me Pops. He, he, he don't have a dad. He says, I'm his dad. I'm a spiritual dad. So he calls me Pops. And so big guy. So, and, and you know, he grew up with her brother, so she, he knows her real well. But I, I'm saying is that whenever I need something, he, he takes it to a whole different level, a whole different. And he says, you're my Pops. You're my spiritual father. So if you need help in church, I'm here. But you, if you need help at your house, I'm there too. And one day he shows up with some tools. I said, what are you doing? 
I'm going to fix this real quick. You know, we're going to plant some grass right here. We're going we're gonna to fix this up. I, I said, Tim, you don't got to do that. Yes, I do. I'm a son. I, I love that guy. I, I love him. And, but not just for what he does, but because he allows me to be a spiritual father to him. I can't be one to everyone that doesn't allow me. So when you come here, let them know. I receive you as my gift. But don't get mad when they tell you, come here. <laughs> don't get mad when they tell you, listen, I need you to sit for a while. I need you to sit and get some stuff together. I'm leaving. I'm going to another church. No, 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 no. You can't leave mom and dad's house. You just need to sit. There's too many spiritual runaways in the body of Christ. And they go from this church to that church until they find out the real them. Then they go all the way. Don't do that. Let God do something in your life. I believe, listen, I'm going to just say this, Pastor. Y'all need to look for another building. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Y'all need to look for another building. Pastor, I thank you so very much. Thank I you. honor you, sir. And I see you as a spiritual father as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Give him a great praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated real quick. We'd like to receive the offering. Um, you can write, make it out to the Promised Church and uh, uh, in the uh, little, you know, memo section there, uh, you know, you can write Pastor Orlando, Orlando, guest speaker, bro. Homeboy, OG, write that in the memo section, okay, so we'll know who to give it to, and we can also receive them online, and uh, we do thank you for supporting his work in ministry, and uh, as I told you, very humble man, but very powerful in the spirit, and uh, tremendous insight, tremendous insight, I know we all got ministered to and he didn't even tell you half the stuff. Half the stuff he didn't even tell you. He didn't tell you about Huckabee. So I thought you were going to tell about the Huckabee story as, as well. We went into the prisons when uh, Governor Huckabee wanted them to go and preach in their prisons there. And they got called in in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. And they got called in and went into death row and led people to Christ there. So very, very busy in that field. And you know what, uh, Pastor? I, I, I'm so glad God called you to the prison ministry, not me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to get out the front office. So God bless you for what you do. Pastor Elizabeth, wow. I, I thought when you had done, that was it. I thought that was the sermon. Let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to invest into Pastor Orlando and Pastor Elizabeth's ministry and what they're doing, Father, in the prison ministry and everything else they're doing. Thank you for the so many members of the body of Christ that you've called and you've raised up and anointed them to do great and mighty things. And Lord, when we get to heaven, we'll need all eternity to hear all the great works that have been done by so many of your children. I ask you to bless Orlando and bless uh, Elizabeth, Father, and bless that ministry they've got going in Orange in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead. Let's receive the offering. 
He had, he, uh, you went to a, a prison where? In Arkansas. In Arkansas. No, no, where did you serve? Oh, oh, you, you, California. California. But then uh, they kicked you out of that place. They said you can't stay there. Oh, that was in Santa Ana. Can I live in Santa Ana? Got to kick you out. Yeah. And then you went to Orange. And started a church. Boy, they missed out big time, didn't they? They missed out big time. Look what they could have had. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so blessed. Thank you for coming. And uh, love to your family back there. And we look forward to having you back again. Uh, just a great, great story. Great testimony. We feel encouraged today. Full of faith. Amen. We know God is doing great and mighty things. Amen. All right. Well, if you need prayer, we're going to have our prayer team come forward right now, our ministry team, if you would. If you need prayer for anything, I mean, this ministry was very powerful today, and you may feel like you'd like somebody to pray with you. Um, you know, um, a, a lot of things are, that happen under this, uh, you know, behind the scenes, um, people go through stuff. People are suffering, and they go through stuff. And they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to tell other people about it because to some extent it could be embarrassing. You know, as Pastor Orlando was saying when he was doing those drugs and everything, you know, uh, he didn't want to tell everybody about it. And he got saved and still continued with it. And he didn't want to do it. And he didn't want to tell everybody because he's a believer. There's things that are going on in your life. And you don't want to tell other people about it. But prayer would help if you came Humble yourself and just say, pray with me. Pray with me. I need help in this area. And it would be, uh, be awesome for you to come forward and have prayer. All right? God bless you again in Jesus' name. Have a good week. Amen.